you're the leader you've been waiting for, right? There was nothing special about me um, that that I should run for office. It was it was a um, it was an ordinary person choosing the like to answer the call. And don't think I wasn't scared to death. Um, but the number of times that I've had to walk into being absolutely terrified. Um, and oftentimes when people say, oh, you make it look so easy. It's like, of course I'm terrified. But that that living on the edge of terror and excitement, I had to choose excitement. Welcome, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the How for Her Human Expansion Realized podcast. These podcasts are the creative artistry inspired by our weekly Gather for Her conversations that take place in real time. They are the culmination of co-created and harvested wisdom that is palpable during these gatherings around our virtual fire. Our hope is that in a practice of deep listening with us here, you will feel our hands at your back in the journey of realizing your own personal expansion, leaving each listening experience with a spark that ignites your how. In today's episode, we're turning the microphone to a Gather co-host, Christina Benti. Christina is a speaker, a civic leadership performance coach, an author, and a longtime friend and collaborator of Powerhouse. Today, she and co-hosts Tina Overbury and Charlene Senjenko dive into the conversation of shifting human systems. Whether you're driving your car and listening to this or you're listening to this on a podcast after, uh, because every conversation is flipped into a podcast, I welcome you to find your feet, uh, to take a deep breath, maybe squeeze your shoulder blades together and bring your whole self to this conversation because that's what it's all about. And my first question for Christina is actually something that I recall her saying Uh, Many years ago, actually, when I first met her, I walked into a local government conference. I was looking for someone that resembled me in some way, shape or form. And this was many years ago. And um, I I spotted um, an energetic, gorgeous, positive, happy magnetic woman at the front of this local government conference and I just went she's my people and what Christina was talking about that day was all about leading from your soul and not your role and with that I'd love to kick off the conversation oh (laughs) for sure I uh I love that expression, you know, soul to soul rather than role to role. Um, Because part of my learning, particularly um, as a politician, I did 12 years in local government as a politician. And one of the things that that I really learned is that we can be enamored by people's roles and their titles and we can be overwhelmed by um, you know, people's educational background and experience or even age. Oh, they're so much older than me. They're so much wiser than I am. They know so much or they they have got these um, big titles to their name. And we forget actually that people are people. And so sometimes we can be overwhelmed by, by people's roles or underwhelmed by their roles. And uh, one of, you know, one of the first things that we do when we're meeting people, we're like, well, what do you do? Instead of asking actually, who are you? And one of, I think, my, my values, when I think about who I am and what's important to me, relationships are um, at the very top. I, I, I have a lot of relationships in my life. I love people. And uh, I have been, since I was little, I've been curious about what is it like to be you in the world? What is, what is it like to have your experience? And, uh, and I love hearing people's people's stories and how they show up. And so my time in local government, particularly say when I first got involved, I remember when I was first elected, um, I was talking to a former counselor and I said, boy, this is really intimidating. I've got, you know, I've got so much to learn and everybody around the table is so smart. They're so much smarter than me. And he said, stop right there. He goes, you, you're just as smart as they are. And how you show up is, um, is what matters. And he said, don't you get fooled. Um, bring your, and he, he didn't use these words, but in this essence, he was saying, bring your whole self 
And don't be intimidated by the people around you because you have an innate wisdom and you have, you have what it takes to do the job. People put their faith in you. So show up and do, do that job. And they elected you to be you at, at the table. Um, but I also saw a lot of like people misusing their roles and titles to to get things or to intimidate other people. And uh, I was often curious about um, what, what, why that was. And uh, and I remember kind of vowing that I would I never wanted to use my role or my title to intimidate anybody or to um to, to try to make people feel uncomfortable. And so one of the things that I often thought about is you're a human being. I want to see your soul. I want to see who you are, regardless of where I encounter you, um, whether it's uh, in the grocery store or in a, in, a, in a shop or wherever it might be. Um, there's a human being and you have a story and you have layers of experiences and you have wisdom and you have that inner diamond that exists in you. And so I'm interested in having a, like a soul, soul, soul to soul connection. Okay. Well, I'm just going to jump in on that because you used a word that, as you know, it's like, it runs through my veins, which is innate. And you said innate wisdom. I'm going to come back to this innate wisdom piece and, and your work specifically, Christina, in civic leadership performance um, and first steps. And I'm wondering, uh, and this word innate, and I'm what an illuminator to me, it's like it's all in the same, like we're, we're on the same circus tent right now and a really great circus. What can you share with us about the illumination of your innate wisdom? Um, when you're, when you lead. Mm. So one of the, 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 some of the work that you do in the world, Tina, is you're a story tracker. And I see myself as somewhat of a story dismantler. <laughs> and one of the, one of the things, and again, this is something that's always been driving the bus for me is that, um, my, I think my work in the world is really around illuminating what are the patterns and what are the stories and what are the beliefs and what are the, um, the systems that are tripping us up? Because when they are illuminated, when, when they're exposed, then we can talk about them, then we can deal with them, then we can, um, we can air them out and, and, and we can, and we can have those aha moments that it, that, it, that so part of part of my work in the world, and I do it both internally in my own life, and then externally with um, with teams um, in first steps. What are those things that are what are those things that are tripping us up? What what do we believe? What are those false beliefs that? Well, what if we had a different take on them? What if we illuminated a larger part of the system so we could see what was going on and find out what those uh, what those things that are tripping us up? What are the stories? Because often we have stories about other people and um, and we make assumptions about other people. We make assumptions about situations. And um, and again, we forget that everybody's having a different experience. And we all have very rich interior worlds. And um, when we don't know what's going on in other people's experiences, what do we do? We automatically tell stories about them. And oftentimes those stories are, um, they're, they're focused on what, what's wrong. And, uh, and they're often around blame and shame and uh, finger pointing, right? Um, and so when we when we expose those stories and we and we bring them to the surface it actually allows healing to take place and when healing takes place that's how we build relationships that's how we build interconnection that's how we solve problems collectively when when we stop the storytelling when we stop those patterns when we stop those limiting beliefs about otherness and see that we're all very deeply inter interconnected and that comes back to soul to soul 
right? It comes back to seeing soul to soul that everybody is having a different experience. Um, and we'll get into talking about systems in, 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 a, in a bit. And, and everybody's having a different experience within the system and they believe their experience. And when you open up their um, larger view to see, have a broader perspective, it allows them to go, oh, okay, now I understand what's going on in different parts of, mm-hmm. of the system. And I can reroute my story a bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. This sounds like we've just landed into a co-creation piece. So I, I wanna pass to Shar and see what comes up. But I also want to mention, uh, those of you who are listening, um, please use the chat because you're part of this conversation too. If anything is alive for you, I will see it in the chat and we'll bring it into this space too. This is a collective conversation. Uh, it's not an interview. This is not, this is a different thing. It's not even a conversation. Yeah. It's more like it's listening and co-creating the conversation that's actually between us right now. What's in the space with us? Shara, I just want to pass to you. Mm-hmm. Well, just before we segue into healing systems by healing the leaders who are in charge of those systems, I want to touch on what has come up for me so far listening to the two of you and it's something that I'm actually really grateful for as as part of this braid um one of the things that I've learned from Christina is is part of bringing my whole self to a conversation doesn't um doesn't only include my whole self from birth to death in fact my whole self includes the family members and the generations that have come before me. That's part of my whole self and where I'm from. And it includes the family members, the generations, the amazing humans that are going to come long after me because my lifetime and my leadership legacy on this planet is merely a blip in the radar. So what am I doing every single day to stay fired up during the time that I'm on the ice? And the other piece that I I just wanted to quickly reflect on that you both brought kind of made me think about is the the tie-in between, you know, I love threes, (laughs) but the tie-in between the word innate, um, the word integration, and quite honestly, the word indigenous values um, and indigenous wisdom. So those are just a couple of things that have come up for me so far. Don't know where that takes you, but you know, grateful for for the conversation. So here, oh, I just want to pull in Juanita just for a sec, who just says that she works within the higher education system, and that word dismantle really resonated for her. So yeah, mm. over to you, Christina. Thank you. Beautiful. So one of one of my experiences that for me was mind blowing um, was uh, was learning how indigenous ways of thinking is systems thinking. They're the original systems thinkers. And so a seventh generational lens into the future, but also a seventh generational lens from the past that it's all interconnected, but also that um, the very things that we rely on, the land, the water, and the air, that we are all connected to those things. So one of the things that I have learned in my work, particularly with local governments, um, is is around who's going to be the voice for the land? Who's going to be the voice for the water? Who's going to be the voice for the air? Let's invite them to the room when we're having a conversation about long-term planning and services and what are the services that um, our communities want and need and how do we ensure that we've got that seventh generational lens, that ancestral lens in our thinking when we're making decisions because our default is to make short-term decisions that minimize our pain right? Oh, I got a room full of unhappy people. I've got to, I've got to make them happy somehow. And 
And uh, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit of a story that um, that will connect all, all, all of the, the bits and pieces, I think. Um, I when when I was when I was mayor, I um, I had a decision to make that had um, a certain segment of the population um, in, in the community unhappy because they were unhappy with the short term pain related to the decisions. And so, you know, I had the council chambers were, were, were full of, of, of folks that were going to be unhappy with how we moved forward. And one of the things I said, I said, it's really hard to disappoint your friends and your neighbors. I know you people and I respect you. And it's really hard to, 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 to not want to make everybody happy in this room. But my job is to think about the future and to make long-term decisions and to uh, not not minimize my short-term pain, right? But to actually say, I'm doing this for the long-term. And it was really uncomfortable, but what it did, again, this comes back to the soul to soul. It's illuminating what's going on in my interior world. I'm anxious. I'm a fearful. I don't like disappointing people. I'm relational. I want to make everybody happy. However, if I have the lens, if I put in that front row seat, if I put my grandchildren and my grandchildren's grandchildren and your grandchildren's grandchildren into the front seat and I look at them, I'm going to make a different decision. And so, you know, my work's made, like is often with local government, but any organization, any, any organization actually needs to think that way. What are, what are going to be the long-term implications and, and how do we invite the land, water, and air, the, and who's going to be the voice so that we're making those decisions. One of the things, um, and I've repeated this often, and Diane, Diane Whalen said it, and I just about fell off my <laughs> seat because I was like, I, I had that gut reaction when she said, um, we do not owe our children an economy. We owe them clean land, clean air, and clean water. And I was like, oh my gosh. Okay, that that needs to be that needs to be the the first of firsts, right? Beautiful, thank you, Christina. Um, Zoe was saying earlier just that, um, and Zoe's on the leader path with us. That the quotes that's really sitting with her these days is, "What we decide to measure now is what we will prioritize in future." And um, Brenda Morrison. Uh, who's also on the leader path with us uh, says, yes, indigenous ways of knowing deep in the relational ecology. And um, so it sounds like Christina, your piece about being of who is going to be a voice for the land, the water, the air is what's alive here. And uh, I want to, you know, I think rather than go into an environmental conversation, which is kind of the easier place to go, I'd like to stay in your work in first steps in the house, which is a, a, a branch, if you will, of the leader path, and, and really talk about what it means to lead that way. And, and you've got this thing that you say about staying in the room. It's like you teach us how to stay in the room. Where, where, do, where do you want to go next? Or I can even pass to you, Shar, if something's really alive for you right now. I think we can dig in to stay in the room. I, I definitely know where, I, I definitely have things bubbling, but let, let's start there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I I would love to talk about first steps because I'm so I'm so proud and I and excited about first steps and the um and the, the and the first steps program and the impact that it's that it's had because one of the things that is so important to me is that leaders show up as their whole selves and we talk about that often in in powerhouse this is that whole healed leadership and in first steps um, is really exploring how do i show up as a leader in alignment spiritually emotionally mentally intellectually physically how you do one thing is how you do everything and um, and that all of those pieces are interconnected and if you're um it, it's how you look after yourself in all of those aspects 
really impacts your leadership and it impacts your ability to to show up and to be of the highest service because again this goes back to the difference between are you going to lead as from your role or are you going to lead from your soul so you might have a role or a title but that doesn't necessarily make you a leader leader is leadership is showing up as your whole self and being of the highest service in the position that you have you might have a role for a, for a while and you hold a title. It's not yours. You hold it. And then, and, but, but when you're a leader, it's an embodiment of, of, of for your whole self. And so in First Steps, we really talk about how do I show up as a leader, integrating all those bits and pieces of myself, owning the light and the dark and the, and living from my diamond self, my, and, and, and again, that's that, that innate who I am, what I was here to do, what, what causes me to just like, where emotion wells up. How can I, where all of me wants to um, to be of the highest service in in the role and in the position that I that I hold for a time, and uh, so in first steps, it's it's really that that assessment of where am I now, and uh, taking a look at all of those different components of leadership, um, leading your own life first, and then where do I want to be. Right? How do I want to integrate more of those um, of those components of my life, and and then looking at what are the gaps and how do I close those gaps and how do I again integrate and show up um, more as myself in in the world, and so that's really the premise, the basis of um, of first steps and sir one. One of the cool things about first steps, I think, is that it is very, um, it's, it's very, like, it's self-directed. There's a level of responsibility that you, you aren't, you aren't waiting for somebody else to rescue you or to fix you. You are actually taking an, an, a, a flashlight, that illumination, and you're doing that internal illumination. What's tripping me up? What are the beliefs and patterns and stories that I tell myself that don't, um, that, that, that are keeping me from being my best self? And do I have beliefs about myself? and that 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 are actually not serving me and what if i believed something different what if i believed that uh that that my best whole self was exactly what the world needed i'd show up differently because i would see it as as being of service right what if we woke up every day and asked ourselves how can i be of service and um that is really what the first steps program is all about and then we also are um we're going to be running our second political uh first steps program because man do we need leaders do we need political leaders to show up in their whole healed selves right seeing again that soul to soul leadership and making decisions that are for the long term not just for the short term um but for for, for the long term and so um, that the political first steps program is we've got elections coming up in the fall of 2022. And my, I am so passionate about helping help. First of all, helping people to see you're the leader you've been waiting for, right? There was nothing special about me um, that, that I should run for office. It was, it was a, um, it was an ordinary person choosing the, like to answer the call. And don't think I wasn't scared to death. Um, but the number of times that I've had to walk into being absolutely terrified. Um, and oftentimes the people say, oh, you make it look so easy. It's like, of course I'm terrified. But that, that living on the edge of terror and excitement, I had to choose excitement. And I had to sh choose to show up. And if I kept how I best showed up is if I just stopped being in like self-focused and and if I became other focused how can I be of service how can I serve how can I how can I um 
yeah, how can I show up in my in my best self energy to be of service to others keeps me from that that small spin cycle of I'm scared, I'm anxious, I can't do this, right? And 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 it's like actually yes you can. You've and so I want folks to see themselves as the one they've been waiting for. Um, one, one of the things that I said on the, uh, on, on the First Steps political uh, v- video was uh, um, oftentimes we go, well, somebody should do something about something. If you are thinking that, maybe it's you <laughs> because nobody's coming to rescue us. You're the one. <laughs> so show up and, and consider that call. And the political First Steps program is about inviting people to understand that or, or to um, explore their own internal wisdom that's actually going to help them to show up in that best self energy. So. Wow. You know what? There's a reason why we call you the illuminator. It's like that just got brighter in here. Kapoof! Juanita, I, I'm, I'm not sure if you heard, but... Some of the things, your question was, how do we deal with resistance? And um, what do you do? How do you, what do you do? What happens when you show up as your whole self, but no one's here, when no one hears you? I'm not sure if you could pull some of the pieces out. um, But what I heard Christina say is when we show up as our whole self, that is how we deal with resistance. And and we hold service. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I also want you to know that anyone in the chat right now, next week, we're going to have a wisdom circle where we actually really get to unpack this fully. And you and you can get to the wisdom circle by going to powerhouse.com to the gather tab and just registering and you'll get a direct invitation to the wisdom circle. The wisdom circle is free. Come and join our community and, and let's unpack some of these big questions. Because another question that came up is what we... Um, uh, Christina, I'd love to hear your take on how leaders can start to decolonize their organizations. And that happens in the wisdom circle. Like that conversation is every wisdom circle. So. Yeah, and I, there's 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 one thing um, I, I want to quickly address Juanita's question. Um, you know, how do I show up as my whole self when no one's listening? Um, again, it's an inside outside job. Are you listening? You know, my first question I would ask you is, are you listening to yourself? Are you, are you sitting with yourself and listening to, to yourself? And that's part of um, our external world is often a reflection of our internal world. And so being able to go inside first and am I listening to myself? Am I, am I listening to my own wisdom? You know what, Christina, I want to just pass to Shar on this because there's something that I'm going to make sure Juanita says something really important. Uh, often as the only Indigenous voice in the room, so I want to pass to Shar and see what comes up in this space and being our whole self. And it's, there's more layers to it. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I think these, these questions actually tie together. So I'm really looking forward to next week's Wisdom Circle to dig in further. But what I will say, and I can only share from my, my personal experience, is um I feel like when I when I come into a situation and I want to be my most powerful self, it's actually not about anything that I say. Um, the word that is very important to me is the word witness. And Christina also taught me that many of my most important conversations start energetically first. And that is something that I literally practice. Um, so... I remember having a conversation many years ago with with my mother, with my adopted mother, and we had a very big um, conversation where we chose to not agree on something. And that was whether I um, whether I was living the life I wanted to live by not going to a certain place once a week. Um, And I said, I can be a witness in my life by how I show up every day. And in fact, I think the best leaders that I know, and many of them I'm thinking of are Indigenous leaders, are of few words. And when they do speak, boy, do do I listen. Um, 
The other thing that I will say is a lot of times it, it relates to what Christina said about I have to believe it myself first. So many times, and you know, a little, a little, a little secret about about me is acting as if um, many times if I feel frustrated, perhaps that someone's not listening, I connect in with all of the women, the leaders, the change makers that I represent in powerhouse, past, present, future ancestors. And uh, I sum up <laughs> that power and energy. And again, not necessarily to speak, but sometimes, but definitely to act as if uh, for the purpose of being a witness of how we can do and be better. And that's all part of um, tag teaming into, you know, systems illumination is we keep Right now, the world is very alive around systems change. But I want to remind you that we will not heal systems by decisions being made by broken leaders. Healed leaders will make heal whole decisions. We have to start with the people first. And that's the work that powerhouse has been deeply invested in for many, many years. And that we're talking about today. That's one of the reasons we meet every week. <laughs> um, so not sure where that, that takes you, but you know, that the whole leadership practice and, and integrating, it's not another course or a certificate to go in and, you know, digest it's how are we integrating what we're, what we know, no be do right christina <laughs> yeah um, this and this um this goes back to again soul to soul versus role to role um everyone is a leader and we all have an obligation to lead our own life and it's all interconnected with all the lives around us and so the first person that you need to show up for is yourself and, um, you know, going back to what you said, Shar, about uh, have the conversation energetically first. Um, it's higher self to higher self. Have, a con have your higher self talk to um, the system. It's higher self. Because systems are just made up of people. And we often talk about, oh, we got to dismantle the system. But guess what? A new system will just reemerge unless it's whole and healthy and illuminated. We'll just keep recreating different systems. And, and, and so it, systems are inevitable and, and, and they, they, are, they are exactly what create um, the, the intricate fabric of our, of our society. We get to decide whether those systems are humanized or whether they are antiquated and just serving themselves. Because systems are just made up of people. And one of, you know, part of our, part of the work is seeing the system again as interconnected and part of um, reducing system blindness is exposing where the system is not talking to itself. Where is the, so this is an inside job and an outside, and an outside job. Where are we not talking to ourselves? Cause we're all interconnected, right? And so where are we not where are we not listening? Where are we not listening to different parts of the system? Okay, I need more. I need more. I, I, I need more. I need, re okay. Reducing system blindness is exposing where the system is not talking to itself. Tell me more about that. I just like, what? Okay, well, let's use an, or let's use an organization for, for, for example. So in like in your typical organization, you have the, the, the top, right? You have the, you have the folks on the top that are making strategic decisions. Maybe it's the board, right? And then you have the um, senior management team in the middle and, um, and they're, they're essentially um, in between the, uh, the, um, the decision makers on the top and then the frontline service providers at the bottom, right? And if there isn't, um, and one of the things that 
I, I often ask organizations to do is draw out your organization chart, but then see it from a who's responsible for what, not a power over, but a who's responsible for what. So what are the people on the supposed top of the system? And again, it's a language barrier, right? Oh, you know, these people are in the top. And, uh, the, and, the, and then the middle folks that are, that are essentially translating the direction from the top down to 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 the bottom, and what happens when you're um, when when you see it hierarchically? There's a lot of anger and bitterness and frustration and storytelling and uh, finger pointing. Those but those people up in those big offices, they have no idea what life is like for me. And then the tops going. Those people are so lazy and they 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 don't get anything done and they. Um, and, and, and there's finger pointing and assigning evil intent throughout the system. And this happens through any, almost every system, right? And so part of system blindness is illuminating the fact that this is not a, this is not hierarchical. This is a who does what. And so let's, let's flip it on its side. And this part of the system is responsible for for this this part of the system is responsible for this and this part of the system is responsible for this and we all need to be talking to one another so that we know what life is like you know um so let's use uh let's use issues in our community like like poverty and uh um or home home homelessness and and challenges that we um will often get people in the room um, that want to, you know, they, they've got, they want to solve these problems. And so they bring everybody into the room and are they bringing the people that, um, that they would call vulnerable into the room, um, that the bottom of the system that are experiencing the, 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 um, the challenges, uh, um, in, in their world. And are we bringing them in and are we, instead of using the term vulnerable, why don't we see them as actually people that are being impacted by the system and they have an innate wisdom that needs to be tapped into, you know, because they actually will know how to solve your problems, <laughs> right? So that if the whole system's in the room, and this is where stay in the room is so important. If the whole system's in the room and the system's talking to one another and we take off our roles and our titles and we just see each other soul to soul, then every part of the system has intricate wisdom has both vulnerability and strength, every piece has vulnerability and strength that allows us to together and collectively solve our, 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 our problems. And that's the kind of systems illumination work that we need in our communities, I think. That's the system illumination that's needed on teams. It's what's needed in politics. I remember when I was elected and, and it was like, I was on the outside and somebody should do something about something. And then I was on the inside and it was like, oh, now you're one of them. And now you're listening to you. So you should do something about something. <laughs> and, and it was like, okay, let's all get into the room and make sure that we're having the brave, bold conversations that allow us to solve our collective problems. So this comes back to the whole leadership piece or whole person piece yeah. or um, healed, if you will, or healing. I don't know that we're ever healed. And I just say that because we were one generation for many generations before. We're just doing our healing part for the next generation. Um, that's my my belief. Um, but, you know, the the I want to suggest that where we may experience frustration with this and frankly, um, is with our skills. And I know that like, oh, the last thing we need is another freaking course to take with more skills. Ah! And yet there's a skill of staying in the room. There's a skill of staying in the room. There's, there's like healing ourselves doesn't happen unconsciously. I mean, it does. It happens consciously, subconsciously, unconsciously, but it starts with consciously. And, and, and when we're in a place like we're in the room, like I, I, when I am, when I, when we flip a system on its side, now we're like, we're like sideways, like, where the hell am I? Right. People are like, people are going to, our nervous systems are going to respond when we've invited people in the room that we've never invited before, or we start actually saying this person who I'm really uncomfortable with and is pointing at me, 
Um, and I'm really, I, my nervous system's now freaking out because I'm in fight and flight because you're pointing at me and I've let you in the room. Ah, like it takes skills, skills to be able to hold that. And I think that's, um, to me, that's my, um, that's my devotion to the community that lives on the leader path because we're not here to go just acquire a bunch of new skills, right? It's like, but it's for, it's for that. It's to stay in the room. And I, I, uh, yeah, I, this is also the thing for me about science and art and, and, and I want to name that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause that's, that's my big frustration. I know that Shars too, a little bit different, maybe say it differently, but it's integration. So mm -hmm. I just, yeah. And to me, that's first steps and the leader path and everything that we're about in the house. So thank you for illuminating the honor side and, and all that comes out of that. And I'm going to go back to the fact that it's an inside outside job. So whatever you're trying to do on the outside, you got to do it in the inside <laughs> first, right? You know, one of the things that you need to learn to do is stay, stay in the room for yourself, right? Stay in the room for all the bits and pieces of you, the parts that you don't like and the parts that you love and you want people to see. Stay in the room for all of that. Um, and then you're able to stay in the room for others, for um, Margaret Wheatley has, has, a, has a poem and, I, and it's one of my favorite poems. And, and in the middle of the poem, she says, um, she says, talk to people you know, talk to people you don't know. Talk to people you never talk to. We're so scared to talk to people and ask them real meaningful questions. What are you scared of? What makes you happy? What are you excited about? What lights your fire? Like, and, and that's actually what we do at Powerhouse. We ask those deep, rich, meaningful conversations about what lights people up. And we... Um, yeah, it, it, it's so funny that you use the word skills and, and tools. And it's like, well, because we don't have another vernacular to say. It's actually a way of being. It's an embodied, integrated knowing. It's accessing our innate wisdom. And then the wisdom of the collective, which, um, which we can't access unless we're in the room. So be in the room for yourself. And then be in the room for others. It's it's actually a co-generative type of uh, work, and that's fire circle work. That's the work that we do at Powerhouse, and uh, and this requires um, it requires patience. It requires authenticity. It requires um, if you're looking to solve a problem the quick way, um, good luck. <laughs> we tried that, didn't work. <laughs> Good luck. You said this thing to me once. Oh my gosh, I'm going to mess it up. You might have to save me. But you said when we try to when we try to apply a simple solution to a complex answer, we make it more complex. We when we try to apply a simple solution in, to a complex problem, we create more more problems. Right. And, and and you see this all the time. Oh, we got to solve this problem. So we're just going to apply these simple solutions. And uh, um, and partly because we don't have the patience um, to, to, to really connect the connect the dots. And this, again, is indigenous wisdom systems thinking. It's, it's all interconnected from our past into our future, from where we are right now. Um, all of it. We have to have, we have to have patience for the complexity and hold space for the complexity. And part of holding space for complexity and staying in the room for complexity is being willing to be wrong, being willing to be uncomfortable, to be willing to course correct when we're wrong and admit when we're wrong. And oftentimes, you know, particularly with politics, we want to elect leaders. Here's what I'm going to do. And here's how I'm going to solve this problem. And it's like, and then you get on the other side of the table and you're like, oh, it's a little more complex than I thought. And that's systems illumination, right? I thought this was the answer, but actually once you start illuminating the complexity, you're like, oh, it's a little more complicated and complex than that. So how do we deal with different parts of the system? 
and, and just do our best and keep course correcting and watch for generative emerging solutions. And that's what systems work is. <laughs> and that's what we're doing at in the fire circle and what we're doing in first steps and, and, uh, over to you, Shar. You're bursting. I know you are. <laughs> oh, there's, go ahead. Yeah, there's tons of tons of great stuff. I think what I'd where I'd love to to go as we start to wrap up is, um, I've you know I've, I've often called Christina a bit of a systems doctor, right? Whether it's uh, one person or it's a thousand people in a system, um, and I'm curious if this is the first time that you've landed in a gather for her um, co-created conversation, what you might have for us around um, moving forward, implementable practices to move forward and almost like a, a prescription that um, might tie in patterns, or priorities or like what what comes up for you to you know in terms of like okay what do i what do i take away from this to implement because that's what we're all about yeah I, life is what we pay attention to and so i would leave folks with the 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 idea of what what are you paying attention to What's getting your time, energy, and money? What's getting your thought life? What is what is getting your um, what is getting your attention? And um, and then be curious about that. Get get curious about what am I paying attention to? Where am I blaming and shaming and othering and uh, um, and and how can I be curious instead? Where am I uncomfortable? Where's my growing edge? And am I living in the middle? Or am I living into my growing edge and expanding my consciousness? Um, and then how can I do that in my work? How can I do that in my personal life? And how can I do it in, in, in my work? And, and that's, what, that's the question I would leave folks is what are you paying attention to. And so you are an internal system. We have internal systems and we have external systems. And, uh, and they're, they all involve humans. Um, and uh, what, what is it that you're paying attention to? And what, what don't you know? And what do you want to know more about? So really getting, getting curious about your own internal world and in the internal world of others. And when you catch yourself making up stories, question the story. What's that? What don't I know about this situation? Earlier, someone asked about um, decolonizing leadership. And um, I think as an organization, I don't even know that we would, we, one of the ways we might even approach that is to say, it's not our, it's not, it's not our knowing to decolonize. It's not our way to say we have the answer, but it's our way to say we have the answer collectively and being, being in practice of that. And so these gathered conversations are about um, everyone at the table, everyone around the fire, everyone having a voice, being in the confusion, being in the answers. And in that practice, we decolonize leadership. That's one of our offerings anyway, and it's just an offer. It's a thought. I wanted to pick pick up on your word story and um, because, you know, that's the work that I do in the world. And when you asked people, Christina, to pay attention to what they're curious about, what came up for me was there's two versions of story. There's the story that we make up. And there's the story that we don't make up. That's our innate narrative that's on the soul of our being. And when we get curious, what I'm alive with that is that curiosity helps me discern the difference. You know, we talk about whole leadership and we talk about, you know, that our systems need to be led by whole leaders. And uh, what I also want to remind us is that un underneath the broken bits and pieces and the unhealed pieces are your diamond. That's your diamond self. What's that diamond self that is whole and beautiful and 
and integrated and embodied. Talk to that part of yourself and walk in that part of yourself. So own it and walk into it and let it be what leads you and let your diamond self talk to the diamond self of somebody you'd never talk to or 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 those who those you don't know or those you do know and you've made up stories about and so this comes back to soul to soul underneath our broken yicky bits are is a beautiful diamond wash that off and show up like that Well, I think for me to close what's alive for me, and just maybe because I heard it a couple of times, it feels like I'm meant to, to, to land here, to leave here, is, um, you know, we do get asked what are the first steps of decolonizing business and leadership practices. And what I, where I land today is um, the first step in indigenizing business and leadership practices in a very whole integrated interconnected way is to prioritize it to prioritize it it's where you decide to put your time your energy your money your resources your attention and when we prioritize and fully step into the responsibility that we are the generation to heal in our families in our communities in our businesses across social platforms, when we recognize that that's the whole purpose of our lives in this generation, we're well on our way. That's what it's all about for me. And I'm grateful for every conversation that takes me further. As always, we are so grateful for your deep listening with us. We want you to know that there is a community here that you may not know about yet. We gather virtually every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific time for these live conversations, and we call it Gather for Her. This is the place where we begin to weave our individuality together to remove silos and place our hands at each other's backs for activated, intentional action towards a world we all want for 2030, where we prepare for a better world. When you're ready, we're here. Find us at powerhouse.com and get social with us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. If it feels right, you can support this inspired wisdom through Patreon at patreon.com powerhouse. Until next time, keep listening and know we're always here, ready to gather with you.